Welcome. This is my truth as a platform for honest, open conversations. The stories I share or that others share are often not spoken about or discussed, but once told, I believe they have the ability to shine a light on another perspective or a much needed conversation. These stories may make us laugh, some may make us cry, but together we will learn from one another and begin to heal. Because walls need to be torn down, masks need to come off, stories need to be heard in order for our truths to be told. This is my truth. Will you tell me yours? Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm your host, Jesse Sherleff. Today I have a conversation with Caitlin Smith. Caitlin shares the story around the loss of her daughter, Jocelyn. There are just so many things and emotions that I think run through us all as mothers, but most likely one of our worst fears is the death of one of our children. And Caitlin shares her story so authentically and with such grace. And I am so honored that she shared her story through our platform because I think that even if you don't have a child, you will be touched by Caitlin's story and how she has risen and created space for other women, other parents who have gone through something similar to have community and connection. And that's what we're all here for. So thank you, Caitlin, for sharing your story. I hope you um, are able to take something away from our conversation plug in your AirPods or your headphones, sit back and let me know what resonated in my conversation with Caitlin at This Is My Truth podcast. Thank you. Hi, Caitlin. I am so thrilled to have this conversation with you today. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, I like to kick these conversations off with a fairly open-ended question. Um, what is the story that you would like to share today? So I'm going to share my story about child loss and, um, my daughter, Jocelyn. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to talk about that. Well, thank you. And I know this, um, doesn't mean but I'm sorry for your loss and um, thank you for being willing to share. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to share our stories and I know a lot of other women have had similar experiences losing children. So more than happy to share that. Um, I know you and I chatted when we first um, connected and while our stories are not the same in terms of loss, um, I think that they're, there is something inherently in every mom when they experience something like that, where, um, at least for me, there's a part of me that is, is missing. I don't know if that's even the right way to describe it. I don't know if I've ever actually like put into words how it feels. Um, but thank you for, for, for sharing your story. Yeah. 
thank you for giving me a space to do so. Um, so what has that journey looked like for you? Um, so I guess I should just start at the beginning of, um, like what, what happened. Um, so, uh, I have an older son. Um, he is now 10. When my daughter was born, he was, uh, just about to turn two. So I had children really close together and I was really excited. I always wanted children and I always wanted a boy and a girl. So I felt like my life was complete with having, you know, two and it was like they were perfect and healthy. Um, my daughter Jocelyn was like this beautiful ray of sunshine that touched so many people's lives and would light up a room when she was, was present and just kind and giving and caring and just, I don't know. I, I can't really describe how wonderful she was. Um, and when she was 17 months old, uh, she passed away suddenly in her crib. And um, I had woken up early that morning and, which is rare for a mom <laughs> to like wake up early and like have time to check email and have coffee. So that morning I was like, wow, today's going to be a great day. Like I got time to myself. I made them breakfast. And then I went into her room to get her ready for the day. And that's when I realized something was terribly wrong. Um, we called 911. We, um, didn't know how to do CPR. So they're on the phone with us and they're trying to tell us. And when you're in a panic state and shock, I, you just, you, you just can't, you can't perform things properly. We are now CPR <laughs> qualified and trained. I, I have a parent. I don't know why that's not just mandatory. Like when you're in the hospital, they should just like give you the down low on how to do these things. I don't know. <laughs> so um, we did that. Um, we were unsuccessful. And then when, um, you know, emergency services arrived, they um, also tried at the house unsuccessfully. So we followed her to the hospital. It seemed like it was like hours and hours of just waiting to see what was happening because we weren't allowed in the room. Um, then they came out and told us that you know they had to stop and there was there was they never res, res, resuscitated her so um yeah from that moment on it was um kind of like you just go into survival mode like okay what do we need to do because we have another child so how can i deal with this plus still care for my child who's also grieving so um my husband and I at the time went to counseling immediately. I think we called that day, like that afternoon, we called therapy ser like services and we went to grief counseling. Um, we did group counseling and then we also got counseling for my son. So we just went into high gear of like healing and how to honor our daughter and continue to talk about her in healthy ways. And, um, just kind of stay connected as a family and kind of support each other. Cause it's really hard when you have all these people grieving a loss. Um, it's like leaning on a melted snowman, right? Like it's melting and then they're trying to lean on you and you're just, it, it, you really can't really lean on each other for support. So having that outside help is I think vital for a family to survive. Um, the days were really dark. <laughs> it was, it was awful. Um, her funeral was the first funeral I'd ever been to. So that was really, that was really devastating. You know, you never picture 
you never picture that, right? As a parent, especially having a little girl, you know, walking down an aisle, you expect it to be a wedding, you know, not walking down an aisle to view your child. So that was really, that took me a long time to kind of heal and um, just kind of come to terms with in a, in a, in this, in a symbiotic, like symbiotic kind of way. Like, um, I don't really know how to explain it. It's just a process that can somehow be beautiful. I don't know. It's a, it is, it's something that you can kind of turn into. I don't, yeah. Therapy helped with that a lot. (laughs) I was just going to say, I mean, again, thank you for sharing. Um, and I'm sorry that I keep saying that, but I think it, speaks to who you are as a person to be able to honor Jocelyn and everything that you've done in order to be able to, to speak about it. I, it took me, you know, six plus years from the loss of Clark to be able to even say his name to like people outside of our, my immediate family. And so, um, I wish we had met sooner. Probably, probably would have been better for me. Um, I just think that that speaks volumes to to who you are and the fact that you can even say that there there was something, you know, like th- that process actually meant something to you and you were able to see it in a different way. I mean, I, again, I just think that speaks to who you are as a human. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's important for our children to see that too. Like, um, because when she passed away, like my son was really, really young. Right. So for them to process death is very, very hard for children. Cause they, um, they're immortal. Like children just, you know, they see superheroes and they think like, yeah, that's me. Like I'm a superhero. I can do whatever I want. And like death is not a real thing, real concrete for them. Um, and I think by having him at the funeral and having him a part of um, the process. Uh, We also didn't bury our daughter. We have her at home Um, because I'm, I'm from another part of Canada and my, my husband is from a different part of Canada and we don't know where we're going to be. And I just felt like, you know, she's, she's our baby. Like she's always going to be with us. And, you know, I think, I think it's important that she just stays with us. So we still have her at home and, you know, we can talk to her and see her whenever we want. She's a, she's here for family dinners. Like, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's really nice just to know that she's, she's warm and she's safe and she's with us always. Um, but, you know, having my son grieve and have these moments because they grieve so different. We would be going to school and he would have a great morning. And then all of a sudden he would just sit in the car and just start crying. And instead of, you know, conditioned ways that we deal with children and emotions is, you know, stop that right now. You have to go to school. Like we're in a rush. It was taking that extra five minutes and being late and saying, it's okay. And letting him cry and letting him explain, you know, what's going on inside his body. And um, I think that really helped him become who he is today. And, you know, he's very sensitive and he's very kind and caring and you know, aware of how other people are feeling. So I think that she also has impacted his life in a positive way by giving him that gift of just compassion for other people, you know, because he probably wouldn't be that way if, you know, he never had to deal with such a big tragic loss in his life. So um, we now have another baby. We, we continued on and 
we were blessed with another baby boy and that was our missing piece. We are done. We are not having any more children. <laughs> but I mean, that, that, that piece was huge for us to realize that we do have enough love in our hearts to be able to love another human being. And it's okay to do so. Like there was a lot of guilt associated with, you know, having another baby. Cause what if it was a girl, you know, would, would, would be, be able to love her if we had a girl and would it be strange to show her that much love? Like it was a very hard thing. So it ended up being a boy, but we still, you know, we still struggled with what if, well, you know, that fear and living in fear of this baby might die. We might not have this baby for very long. So I think that was also a really healthy part of the process of healing and, and trusting the process of being a parent, you know, like we were just talking about that earlier, you know, like being a parent is hard and those are really hard things to, to deal with knowing that I didn't do anything wrong. My husband didn't do anything wrong. And it just was something that tragically happened to us and it's not going to happen again. And we just had to, you know, continue forward. So there's there's so I have goosebumps like literally a like whole body right now um, <laughs> one because when you were talking about your youngest your son when we got pregnant with my youngest um I was petrified she was going to be a boy mm-hmm. um and I just like I also felt like a lot of, I felt guilt for like not wanting her to be a boy. And I felt guilt for, um, for a lot of different reasons. And, mm-hmm. um, similarly, a lot of anxiety over, you know, every ultrasound that I went into, um, you know, what, you know, is there anything wrong with the heart? And, uh, just so much anxiety around that second pregnancy. And so, like literally like you talking about it, like brought me back to like some of those moments. Um, so I can completely relate. Um, but again, I just want to, we were talking about like before we hit record, how parenting is so goddamn hard. And there's so (laughs) many moments where you're like, Oh my God, I did not get this right. But I think it's just a beautiful gift that you and Jocelyn were able to give your oldest in that, um, being able to understand his emotions and feel his emotions because I spent, you know, 35 years of my life, like not talking about hard things, not feeling emotions and did not serve me in life. Um, and when I look at my kids, that's the the cycle that I want to break for them. And it's so easy, you know, to just be like, come on, like get up, like we're running late or don't stop crying. Um, but I love that, you know, you're taking, you took that time to, to let him feel, mm-hmm. um, because I think we all need that to some extent. Absolutely. And I think, um, just to touch more on that with like my, my youngest one, cause he never met Jocelyn, but he, you know, he's, it's, he's still impacted by that, by that loss because now he longs to know her. Right. So there's a lot of questions that come up for him you know, like who was she and would we have gotten along and would she have really, would she have liked me? You know, like those are strange questions that children, like children think about these things. And it's the same thing, you know, like he, he, he's almost grieving that not, not a loss, but almost, um, 
like a, like an emptiness, you know, like a missing piece that he never got to experience. So, uh, you know, he'll have moments too, where he's like, I really wish I would have met her. You know, I'm really sad that I not didn't get to meet her. And again, giving him that, that freedom to express himself instead of repressing that I think is, is vital for being emotionally in tune with yourself and with, you know, your family. So I'm really happy that you are now, you know, expressing (laughs) how you feel. And, you know, because I'm sure like those six years that you didn't talk about it was really like a burden, you know, like weighing down on you. And it's, that's hard to carry around. I mean, I always say that it was like, I didn't even know that I needed to grieve the past. Like I, I needed to grieve just in like my journey to being a mom, the loss of Clark. And I didn't even know I was carrying around all of that weight and that baggage until it was, I don't want to say it's gone because it's never like fully gone, mm-hmm. but it's just manifested in a different way now in a healthier way. And for me, it was like, I just, that's how I lived my life was just not dealing with those things. And so it was just crazy relief that I didn't even know could like exist because I didn't even realize that it was there necessarily. I know that sounds very strange, um, but you're right. Now that I'm on the other side of it and I am healthily dealing with, with it, um, it is such a um, less of a burden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you almost like it almost like a daily weight on your shoulders when you're when you're not able to talk about it where now um it feels like almost like little bubbles that come up like a grief bubble, right? Like that's what well, I used to call my like with my son, yeah. you know, like very visual like oh you're just having a grief bubble and that's okay. Like it's it's, it's going to pass, right? Cuz all bubbles pass. So this is just a little bubble and it's okay to feel that right now. And but those bubbles really add up and they get heavy if you don't acknowledge them you know so I'm I, like I'm proud of you because I probably took a lot of work and a lot of strength to like start talking about it that, that's hard so good for you thank you thank you I mean and I credit you know being able to go through all this to to creating this platform because mm-hmm. it wasn't until I was comfortable sharing and people started to say, you know, me too, and not even related to infertility or the loss of a child, but just, you know, all different things that people have experienced. And um, that's my whole goal with all of this is mm-hmm. I think that we all at times feel alone or isolated or think that they're the only person who's ever experienced whatever it is. And, you know, we all experience it in our own unique way, but we're also all connected. And I don't mean to sound like extremely woo woo or like (laughs) (laughs) we're all connected, but I do, I do believe that there is community and connection Mm -hmm when we created, when we share our stories. And for me, I think that's one of the things that I've been craving for so long is I have an amazing family and friend network, but I wanted community around, around some of this. Um, yeah, I totally agree because like, I, the only thing I wanted to do was talk about it because I wanted to keep Jocelyn alive and by keeping her alive, the only way I can do that is by talking about her. So 
you know, I would, I would talk to people in the grocery store and like, you know, I'd be like, they're buying groceries right now. How are they buying groceries? Like my daughter died. And I would just tell them like, my daughter died like random, but like, it felt good just to like acknowledge that. And then like talk to people about it. Obviously that's extreme. <laughs> like in the early days of that, it was like looking back now, I'm like, I probably freaked a lot of people out, but I just couldn't understand how the world kept going around with, with, with like this tragedy in my life. So I was like the opposite. I just like blurted it out to everybody. And then, you know, strange things started happening, you know, as I was healing and going through the process, like I would talk to other women and they'd be like, oh my gosh, my sister had that happen or my friend or my mom lost a, a child. And like, I know how that feels from a sibling standpoint. And the more I talked about it, the more I was connecting these with these people on a deeper level that people I never have seen again, but it's just having that human raw connection and pulling from that. I like, I, I think it's vital as human beings to have that kind of connection because we're, you know, we're on social media all the time and we don't really get that connection from doing that. You know, you can have a whole nother conversation about my, my <laughs> social media, but, um, you know, I, I do a hundred percent. I think at the end of the day, we all want to be seen and heard and you can only do that if you're, if you're connecting. And I, I don't, I know what I'm saying, like is easy to say and hard to do. Like, I don't take it lightly that when you are sharing a part of your soul, because that's what you just did. Um, mm -hmm you know, there's, there's a, at least for me, there's a vulnerability there and that's hard to do. And I think, um, I don't know. I think that right now we're the world, like we need more empathy. Like we need more of your sons, right? We need, mm -hmm. we need more kids who, um, can understand their emotions and be okay with, with the spectrum of emotions. Um, how we need adults to do that too. Um, <laughs> but I think that when you're approaching things from a place of empathy or putting yourself in someone else's shoes, the world can only get that much better. Um, and that comes in my opinion from, from sharing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sharing your experiences. Right. And then having someone say, yeah, me too. Or come at it with, with, with curiosity or empathy, right? There's, there's two ways of doing, doing that to connect. And I think it's, I think it's vital for us to, you know, continue forward. So I, I, I love sharing my story. I love hearing other women's stories. So I think what you're doing is, is so important and so radical. I like, I really, it's really good that you're doing this for people. Well, thank you. Um, is there, you know, is there any, advice that you would give either to yourself in that moment or to other women who are going through a similar journey? Good question. Um, so I think, I think child loss, um, hmm, biggest advice would be to, to get therapy. You cannot, no matter how strong you think you are, no matter what you have gone through in your life, nothing nothing that you have in your toolbox is going to help you through this without additional support. So if you, if you have lost a child and it's been years and you never got support, you have not healed. You need to see somebody, you need to talk about it. 
um, that would be my first words of wisdom <laughs> because <laughs> it's just, I think that's vital for, for mental health and your overall, overall health. Um, and I think uh, forgiveness is another big one. Um, forgiving yourself because it doesn't matter like if it's a sudden loss or your child is, is, you know, sick, um, whatever it may be, wherever you are in this journey with your child, you need to forgive yourself because you did nothing wrong and you have done everything in your power as a, as a mom to protect that child. So I think forgiveness is another really big thing that you have to work through and just realize, come to terms with like you're you're okay. You didn't do anything wrong. Um, I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Um, how can people continue to follow you on your journey? So I actually have a Facebook group, um, called life unfiltered beauty redefined. Um, and I share, um, kind of like the ups and downs of motherhood. Um, I also share a lot of things, you know, about Jocelyn and child loss related. Um, I also have a Instagram page where I kind of share the same kind of content. Um, but because Instagram is very public, I tend to keep more of the grief and um, kind of like the inside suffering that I'm having and dealing with on the group because I feel women are more vulnerable in a secure location. So I find the, that that connection is a little bit better on Facebook. So yeah, that's, those are the two platforms that I like to kind of share those things with. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for sharing your story and Jocelyn's story. Um, I am so grateful that we are connected. I think you are an amazing human. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for spending time with me today. So here's the thing. When I started this journey for myself, I didn't know what to do once I admitted I wasn't happy. I felt relief for finally admitting that I was numb inside, but I didn't know what my next step should be. So I got help and I found a community. My goal with this podcast is to pay it forward. So I've just created a private Facebook community. And in this community, I hope to create a space where others can share their moments, big or small, that are part of your story. Because what I learned in going through this process myself is when you're not telling your story, someone else is telling it for you. So if you've ever had this little fire inside of you burning to share your story, if you ever heard this little voice encouraging you to write down your story, come join my Facebook community. In it, I'll be sharing more insights and truths of my own and i'll also be sharing tips and journal prompts to get you to be starting down the path of getting comfortable sharing your story this isn't easy but i'm here to hold your hand because someone held my hand when i went through it myself i look forward to seeing you there Mm -hmm.